When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 297 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam all by myself today. Uh, I am actually recording this in the parking lot of my local library because our offices are without power at the moment. We had a crazy uh, windstorm here in uh, Northeast Ohio last night. And as they say, when in doubt, go to the library. So I'm spending my morning here. Uh, but being that it's a little bit of a more quiet library, I didn't think I should record this uh, while I'm sitting inside. So the parking lot it is. Uh, Happy New Year's Eve. If you are listening to this on Monday when it comes out, I hope you guys had uh, a wonderful end of 2018. Me personally, can't wait for this year to end and move on to 2019. Uh, for personal reasons and all that good stuff. It's been a hard year. Not sad to see it in the rearview mirror. Uh, wanted to remind everyone, in case you haven't seen, we've put it everywhere, our website, our Instagram, our Twitter, but we have launched our 2019 Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. Uh, so we have 12 different tasks for you to accomplish throughout 2019. We have a form that you can fill out And once you're done with all of your uh, tasks, send us a picture of that, whether it's to our email or any of our social media places, uh, and you will be entered to win a free device from us here at the Professional Book Nerds and Overdrive. Um, So again, you may have seen, uh, you know, there's the Read Harder Challenge that Book Riot does. Our friends at the Reading Glasses podcast are doing their own reading challenge. Uh, So if you're a bit of a heavy reader and 12 books seems like a really easy accomplishment for you, maybe do both ours and the Reading Glasses Gals one, because theirs is really cool as well. Uh, Today's episode is an interview I did with Rebecca Hanover way back in the spring, I want to say. I believe she and I met uh, in New York City when I was there for BookCon. Uh, Her book is called The Similars, and it is all about clones in a high school, and it is super cool, super fun. Uh, It's a real quick page turner. Um, I found myself being unable to put it down. She does a really wonderful job at the end of each chapter, making you want to kind of keep reading, almost like there's a bunch of mini cliffhangers in there. So I really think you guys will like that. Uh, And we dive into a whole bunch of stuff when we chat. (laughs) Again, it was hilariously, I think, almost seven months ago at this point. So um, yeah, really, really exciting stuff. I loved this book. It was one of my favorite YA books uh, that I read in 2018, but it's a 2019 release, so I couldn't really talk about it very much because it is just coming out uh, this week, actually, if you're listening to this uh, on New Year's Eve. I believe it comes out on the first of the year because that would be a Tuesday. 
Uh, so definitely go check it out. Go borrow from your library. Go buy it. Go do both. Place a hold on it. Request it at your library. Do all those wonderful things. Um, okay, that's pretty much all I can think of. I'm going to go back and get lost in the stacks here at my local library. Hope you guys have a wonderful new year again and enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Adam again. I'm at Book Expo America and I'm super excited to be talking with Rebecca Hanover who is a debut YA author, that's a mouthful, uh, whose novel The Similars just came out. She's an Emmy winning former soap opera writer, which we're going to talk about a little bit, and the creator of the Mommy Proof blog, which I love. Uh, she's a fellow Harry Potter nerd, which I didn't tell you before we started recording, but you and I have a lot in common on there. Um, and she also somehow managed to write this amazing book while raising a child and growing another one. So, Rebecca, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so at the time we're recording this, your book doesn't technically come out for a long time, but by the time people hear this, it will be out and about. So, can you maybe give our listeners an introduction to the symptoms? Yes. Um, the book is about um, a prestigious high school, uh, boarding school, um, in New England, uh, where six clones arrive on the first day of junior year, um, and they are clones of six kids who already attend the school. Um, and the protagonist, Emma, um, has come back to school. She knows something about clones showing up. She doesn't really care because she's uh, grieving her best friend Oliver's death. He died over the summer. Um, but when she gets there, should I give the... Should I give the punchline? Um, you can... T- Oof, that's a really good question. Should you give the punchline? I, I think it's kind of out there on, on the summary. So, yeah, I think um, you're now I've, now I've built, it, built this up. Yeah. But um, <laughs> when she gets there, there's a clone of her best friend, Oliver. Uh-huh. Um, and she, she didn't know he existed. So um, it's a big shock. I have to... So I have a million questions about the book, but I want to say... I was telling you before how much I loved it, but... Your style of writing is such a way where you had, this is one of those books where I would get to the last two pages of a chapter and I knew that there was going to be some kind of hook or cliffhanger at the end of the chapter and I would actually, people can't see me using my hands here, but I would like cover up the end of the second page. Oh, I do that too when I'm reading. Oh, I, do, I totally have to do that because my your eyes will right. dart over there. Exactly. So there, in one of the first chapters, there is this part where the clones are being introduced to the rest of the student body and you were going through one by one and I was like is the clone going to be an MR main character is it going to be a who's it going to be so I actively took my right hand and like covered it up and then I did the like where you hold it at the very top of the page and slid down yeah. line by line yeah. I was oh, I, I've totally been there my wife saw me doing it she's like what are you doing right now and I had to explain it to her um, so I That's instead awesome. of asking you the like lazy like what inspires you question I yeah. just as a general like, why clones Oh, um, yeah, you know, the clone, the clone idea, um, came out of a phone conversation I was having with my mom, um, and I think, I I mean, I have no idea now what we were talking about, Uh but we were kind of like, clones, huh, that's interesting, and then I think I kind of, suddenly it appeared in my mind, and these clones coming to a high school, um, so clones specifically was sort of one of those light bulb things that wasn't, um, inspired out of anything specific but I think I was I was really wanting to write us this type of story where there's sort of something 
you know, big world building, life changing kind yeah. of event, and then to be able to um, have you know have these really emotional emotionally relatable characters um, kind of thrown into that. I, yeah, I, the emotional emotionally relatable characters part is something I really loved because I think a lot of times when you read a high school story, there can be a tendency to sort of like mean girlsify it where you just get very flat, like one note characters and you do it a really great job of they're being well rounded. There's all, there's more it's like in Shrek they're they're onions, there are many layers to these characters. So but was there was there like was that a something you were actively you knew at the beginning while you were writing it, like, okay, I need to make sure people there's a reason people are interested in not just Emma our main character but all the goings on. Like, was that something you were actively aware of while you were writing the, the words? Yeah, and um, I think the TV writing, especially soap writing, <laughs> when it when you get down to it, um, yeah. definitely informed that because it's so character driven. So even though you're kind of putting character, it's actually you know it's not that dissimilar really in a way. You're sometimes putting characters in really dramatic situations, but they have to be characters that you would want to sit and talk to at the dinner table. Um, that's I actually wanted to ask you like. From going from soap operas, how different did it feel? Because to me, I did, I didn't watch soap operas, but this did feel very much like there's that high drama. And again, like I said, it's like I can just imagine each of these chapters being going into a commercial break or something like that. Like, how different did it feel for you, other than the fact that you this is a solo situation? And sure, yeah. Um, so it feels like all that training I put to use. Um, a million percent for sure especially in the plotting and the pacing and suspense and, and those cliffhangers and, and then also the emotional sort of depths of the characters um, the big difference I mean of course the big difference is it's a book um, and it's, as you said it's a solo <laughs> endeavor um, so it's quite different from a, a script that you can quickly read through that was one thing I had to get used to like I couldn't sit down and re reread the whole book from yeah. where I left off where I'd be like five hours later you know right. so you have to keep something bigger in your head uh-huh. kind of all at once and that was that was like one challenge that's actually that's a really time. good point because with books you do have to you're writing this big overarching arc of a story but I mean I imagine for soap writing first off it's every day you need things so when you're when you would write for soap operas is it you write a scene or is it more so like one person um, takes what you would it was pretty much divvied up by episode so um and there was a head writer um who would kind of assign episodes to us and we would you know have a have a writer's meeting where we would discuss the whole like one week at a time essentially yeah. um so but yeah you would take one one script one mm-hmm. episode at a time um so you would write all the characters voices and everything but um it was definitely yeah it's a much um shorter. Yeah, but so, so basically like, you might get someone ahead of you might write an, a character, like a plot that's getting something from point A to point B and you would know what that point yes. B was going to be. And then you'd get them to point C and then it was almost like what are the, like relay like, tag oh, thing. Like, the baton. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next, exactly, the next person would pick up from C to D uh-huh. and you would have all, we would all discuss what the, the bigger mm-hmm. plot was and everything. So in a sense, kind of like chapters of a book, you know, mm-hmm. sort of piece by piece. Yeah. I. Do you think that all of the, because I, 
soap operas kind of by the by design, they, each character has usually like some absurd aspect to them, except whether it's their background or that they were thought that they were dead. Right, or, exactly. Do you yeah, think yeah, that almost. knowing that you had to rate each of those different character arcs, like help or character stories and traits, helped to shape yes. such different characters in your book? Definitely. I, I hadn't thought about it in those terms so you just said that so that's really interesting but yeah I think um, kind of having an ensemble and kind of balancing those threads of you know each of their because each each episode of a of a soap or even a primetime show that has a lot of character you know you're, you have all these different threads that yeah. kind of um, and you know sometimes you're focusing more on character A and sometimes character B and kind of interweaving all of those definitely is a skill so do you think you would love or hate meeting your <laughs> Um I would love it because oh my gosh, I mean how fascinating. Plus yeah. I, plus I mean it would be how cool to see the uh-huh. this scenario in the book played out. Um I think I would probably be a little bit shocked to see my own like mannerisms and uh-huh. <laughs> that kind of stuff. That yeah. would be I that's super the part I didn't think about it until I was reading your book, but start I think the reason this book will resonate so much with people is no matter how we see ourselves in life I think we always kind of see ourselves as unique like all of us think we're a snowflake of a person not to use the yeah. snowflake <laughs> the special snowflake that <laughs> no it's true it's true yeah so I, it, I imagine I feel like if people can force themselves to look at how jarring an experience it would be to look at someone and just be like oh wait we are the, the same. same. Yeah. I, no, it would be it would be fascinating. If you can make that happen, mm-hmm. that'd be great. I was just to say, do you think this is something I'm gonna ask you a scientific question. Do you think we'll see this kind of like in a lifetime? Um so I have an answer for that. Um my sister is a sci- a neuroscientist and her, her husband also, my brother in law. Um and when I first got this idea mm-hmm. I was, you know, letting it marinate in my head and thinking about it and thinking about it and I at some point I called both of them or I called my sister and I said what do you think? Like, do you think this is at all, you know, plausible mm-hmm. um, or possible? And one of them said, yes, absolutely. Yeah. They're going to be human clones. And one of them said, no, no way. But that was enough for me to, as long as, I, all I needed so was, was one. Yeah, all I needed was one scientist to say, yeah, yeah, I think there's, that has legs. When the first one says, I just imagine when the first one says yes, the second one starts to answer. It's like, your yeah. question, you know, your answer is no longer valid. I heard one yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't care, I don't care. Yeah. Totally, because with sci-fi, all you really need to be able to do is like suspend your disbelief. Right. Um, so, what's interesting is, and like sort of a sub question to that is, will it be possible? But will it actually happen? Like those are actually different questions mm-hmm. because I suppose from like an ethical standpoint, or maybe they won't wouldn't yeah. choose to do it. Right. Which is, and like, I'm kind of interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad that that's in the book too, because it isn't just people being upset and they're being talking about layers it's not just people not liking the fact that there are clones of them it's not people like there are things that happen in this book that are would set themselves up to be like a mystery but there's more to it there's right the debate of it's not the ethics behind it and yeah i don't know if it's the alien movies but it's like there's this i think it's the alien movies it's like it's not whether or not we can do something it's if should we should yeah um Okay. Absolutely. So, 
you were doing this, and I saw some posts on your website as well, on your, your blog, Mommy Proof, about how like, you wrote this novel one day at a time. And you were putting on there basically, like, okay, I got down this many words, yeah. and I just yeah. kept my butt in the seat, and I what, did it. you did your research. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> can, you I tell you, can I tell you, I, doing this job, I always feel sort of creepy. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'd be like, I saw a picture of you in Hawaii, and they're like, and they're that like, was from like six months ago. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I was on your Instagram, I'm trying to find things. But I don't know if you meant it to be inspiring, but I feel like for yeah. writers, like that's a great tip to give them, is you don't have yeah. to write a novel today, you have to write. Right, and people say, I mean, I did not come up with this, Some someone else brilliant says, like, butt in chair, basically, is yeah. kind of the key to getting mm-hmm. a book written, or I mean, really anything. I think um, you said it, and you can yeah. take full credit yeah. for it. <laughs> But yes, but I did post. I was like, day, whatever, day yeah. 200. Um, and yeah, it was a little bit at a time. And then and then it kind of became more all at once. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of time where it was just getting my butt in the chair. Yeah. For sure. Did you, are you a planner or a planner? Cancer? Cancer. Definitely a planner. I've become a planner. Mm-hmm. Working on the soap opera turned me into a planner, um, which was like the greatest thing because... Yeah. Um, it's yeah and outline is hugely important and I mean the, I think for me the the final product is always going to deviate some from mm-hmm. it as I work things out but yeah having that structure is super it's great save the cat any screenwriters <laughs> out there who know save uh-huh. the cat that's, uh-huh. that's a or that's and then the, um, what's it it's uh, Chekhov's gun kind yep. of like a similar like if you put it something out in the beginning totally um is there a character or an experience in this book that you found really challenging to write question um probably madison because she has some views that yet yeah, not to say too much about it but she has some views that are pretty yeah um, right. of, of, <laughs> um, unacceptable i guess i should say it becomes pretty um, clear when yeah, you meet her yeah. early on <laughs> yeah. you're not supposed to enjoy her um and so i mean on, on the one hand it's she's really fun and deliciously kind of you know vi- villainous in a way but but that's i think that's hard too I think it's, it's, yeah, especially the parts where her, her perspective is um, something I don't agree with. You know, it's, that was harder to that's, yeah, make that work. But. That's a really good point that I don't think a lot of people think of when they're writing a book. Like, there's a lot of things you have to write that... Right, might not be... Aren't they aren't voice. representative of you, but, yeah. you know, it's part of the... It's super important to the story. Oh, were you able to, to detach yourself, though? When, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was, yeah. I just try... I was imagining yeah. some writer, like... Furiously typing a character and, just and then being like pissed. so <laughs> angry about it. Like, I want to punch you in the face. Yeah. Son of a bitch, I yeah. hate you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right, so we can't not talk about Harry Potter. Okay. Oh. I saw the year. So, first it's off, I just have a bunch of random Harry Potter okay. questions. Oh, I, I hope they're not quick. No, as long as they're not trivia. Because as oh, huge, no, 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 as, no. huge as, as of a fan as I am, no. my young children have robbed me of like some of the stuff in my no, like I can't remember yeah. um, like, yeah. do you have a favorite character though oh Hermione, Hermione. I mean okay. I have my wife and Demon. I have this long standing yeah. battle where I love Ginny and I don't think uh, she gets pepper credit and she's uh, just like oh, she is badass but but yeah she, you're right she kind of Hermione sometimes overshadows yeah. you know I feel like there's Fierce so many story. things that she does that are crazy impressive and it's just like it's yeah, good point. Good point. Thank you. Do you, do you have a favorite subplot of the Harry Potter books? 
Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I'm just gonna say the first thing that jumps into my head was I love book three with the time turner. Yes. Like that's it's yeah, that's I've probably reread that a million uh-huh. times. Um, and what's the book see now I don't even remember the no, book can... with the um the memory no the luck the luck um oh, serum. Felis Felices. That yeah. is six. Thank you. See my memory. I swear I've read them all, but I can't even um, and then Ron, does Ron think he, that he drank it? Like, yeah, to have yeah, good luck for the Quidditch. Yeah, 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 I love he that. Got tricked into th- well, he doesn't think he drank it. Hermione oh, right, thought right. that Harry yeah, gave it oh, to God. him, and then he thought he drank it. But yeah, and so that's he a thought great he was one. lucky. Yeah, but oh, all of them. Yeah, I just I feel Maybe. like there's so many aspects <laughs> of the book that are such awesome life lessons. Like when Harry wins a bunch of money from going like doing the whole uh, the fire yep. and everything yep. and just without question just gives it to the twins to, like, I know start the business. I know awesome it's thing. so talk about it's great just, character I mean so that's why those cool. books are so yeah when you so aren't reading Harry Potter or writing what are the books that you enjoy reading oh I mean basically YA yes <laughs> just across the board mm-hmm. um, I just finished Scythe, is that how you pronounce it? And Thunderhead. Yeah. Those two were really amazing. Um, I'm reading Fury Born now, which I'm super excited about. I just started. I can't, cannot wait. So, so excited. Um, so, yeah. I mean, basically YA, YA. And then my other guilty pleasure is um, Ruth Ware. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you like her books, but I, ju- I already read The Death of Mrs. Westaway. Yes. Like, I got, like, two days ago. I was reading it on the flight. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. I have, like, a little writer crush on her. We actually, awesome. my co-host, Jill, um, interviewed Claire Legrand at a previous show that I wasn't at so she was on our show recently and then actually Ruth Ware my co-host is a massive Ruth Ware fan and we got a pitch from a publisher I think it's Penguin I don't remember and they're like would you guys like to interview Ruth Ware and I went over to her desk and was like listen I would love to be a part of this, but I feel like I'd be stepping on your oh, fangirling toes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. like let her so you, you, have that one. But yeah, they're uh, wonderful. She's so cool. Um, I know her books are just like delicious. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Um, what are there things in kind of the YA world? Because there seems to be like cycles of like, for, there was vampires everywhere, and there were zombies. Like, is there a type of story that you are drawn to like whether it's why fantasy mm. or oh yeah, yeah. Fiction. Um, I I think I um, I think I'm most drawn toward um, you know books either dystopian or sci-fi or you know something where the world is a little bit different than our own yeah. um, or like you know like in sight and Thunderhead mm-hmm. um, and then you know I love contemporary as well I mean who doesn't love a great you know, John Green, or, you know, I somehow I never got on the um, Becky Al- Albertalli bandwagon, so I'm reading Simon and the Homo Sapiens. I know, I know, I don't know where I've been. I don't know. I have been, been so an I'm angry publicist. I'm reading it now. Those. I'm reading it right now and loving it. Good save. Good save. <laughs> it's literally open. I can I can prove it to you. It's open in my Kindle. Publicist almost um, just walked away from the table. So I love... Right, there, you know what? There's so many amazing books. It's hard to, sometimes it's hard to keep up. And for a little while, I actually had to stop stop uh, myself so I could finish writing. Like, yeah. like I have a little bit of a problem That's, wanting no, to read all day. It's a good problem to have. But anyway, so, um, and then, you know, I enjoy fantasy too, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's all yeah. it's all great. That's okay. Honestly. I would, I would rather have you have a great answer than and be like, I don't read any of this. Oh my God. It's, <laughs> you, wrote, 
they're all special in their own way. No, they're all amazing. Um, this book is set in the I guess, kind of like near future. Is it, was there ever any concern over creating aspects of a world that doesn't exist yet mm. and then wondering, like, looking back on it in a couple of years, being mm. like, oh, well... That didn't happen. That never <laughs> yeah. happened. Yeah, I was like, was there ever any um, thought about that? I, um, so my father-in-law is actually actually a futurist yeah um and so i get i I, a lot of a little bit of like dinner table table conversation is around like this kind of stuff and um you know my in-law you know extended family like they have you know they accept very readily that we're all going to be in self-driving cars in like 10 years you know they're very quick to like accept all this stuff because it's kind of part of what Uh my father-in-law studies or whatever um so i think i'm um, I mean, some of the, yeah, some of what's in the book could be wrong, but yeah. whatever, it's it's okay. But yeah. um, but I do feel, I do feel like I'm, I've learned to kind of um, accept that a lot of that might be true. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, mm-hmm. you know, the specifics of it. But I do think the bots and the we're already starting to see a little bit of it. Oh so, yeah, I want our the, Alexa. Yeah, I was gonna say I want I want a dash. I want. Yeah, the, I know he's yeah he'd be he's like a step up from Alexa. Well, the, yeah, exactly. So you have. <laughs> I don't think this because you learn about Dash very early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the fine. Main <laughs> character has this is like a, a kind of like a watch sort of a yeah. thing and totally like a smart watch. But it's it's oh. just the way that it like it, it's artificially it has artificial yeah. intelligence like it learns and it's kind of sassy and yeah. I enjoy Dash. Oh, thanks. That was fun. He he was fun. Speaking of yeah, he was Characters, fun to write. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be I don't know. That's interesting. In twenty years, we'll see whether any of it was right. But I'll be bummed out of current plums for everybody. I know. I know. I yeah. Uh, okay, so towards the end of our show, yeah. we like to do what we call the Nerd Nine. They are just lighthearted questions because I like alliteration. So, okay, uh, the first right. one is: okay, hey, you like kind of mentioned this, but do you remember the last? Like, what's the last book you finished reading? Uh, the Death of Mrs. Westaway. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite place to read? Uh, lying in bed. <laughs> it's so funny that we get half of the people that say that, and the other yeah. half like I can't read in bed because I fall asleep. It's so funny. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's easy. And it's actually, and then someone else just told me that they can't read in bed because their significant other yells at them for staying up too late. Which oh, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember the book that made you kind of fall in love with reading? Ooh, that's a hard one. I, I don't even remember. Um, I mean, a, like a Roald Dahl book or a kids book. The, for some reason, the, the book actually coming to mind is Jane Eyre, which I was met, read much later in life in like eighth grade, but yeah. that book made me, maybe that's the book made, made me want to write or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just yeah. love that. I love that book. Yeah, I kind of, this, like mine was, is always The Outsiders. I always mm-hmm. feel like that and Where the Red Fern Grows. Which oh, yeah, yeah. Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Oh, there's so many yeah. good ones. But. <laughs> yeah, where the, where the Red Fern Grows, I mean, that books can make me cry my eyes out. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, what's one place you like to, tra- or you would want to travel that you haven't been to yet? Oh, um, Greece. <laughs> I've got like non-committal. You are like I guess Greece. Yeah. Uh, Greece. I'll say there you go. Australia. Okay. There you go. Um, Both of those places. Okay. Do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? Ooh, um, probably Halloween. Are you a coffee or a tea person? Uh, both. I like coffee as well as matcha. Matcha is very good. That's. I was gonna hold you over the <laughs> coals for a minute there, but I'll let that slide. Yeah. yeah. I. Coffee sometimes, I, I, I'm a little bit like almost allergic to it, so I love it. But matcha, I actually yeah. found him. I stepped. I was here for like two seconds, like in New York, and um, 
found a matcha bar like immediately. I was so yeah. excited. I got a matcha latte. It had macadamia milk. Oh, I'm from San Francisco, so I love all the. Whoa, like, okay, when we stop recording, I'm going to ask where that is because I'm, <laughs> if it's around here, I'm going to get one of those. I'll tell you. Um, lost my channel. Thought that sounds so good. Sorry. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Uh, cat. Okay. I was going to say you can't waffle on that one. Cat's no, a cat. Jill cat. is a cat person. I'm a dog person, yeah. so we can't have a sitting on the fence yeah, answer there. Cat. But it's okay. Cat, cat, cat. Uh, do you have a favorite food? Sushi. Sushi. San Francisco, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, if you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you pick? Oh, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> you and me both. That's awesome. Uh, my other two are always Jim Henson, a massive Muppets fan, um, and then Mel Brooks, just because we're fast and heavy. Last awesome. question yes. for you. What do you hope readers take away from reading your book? Um, gosh. I think... Um, I mean, mostly I just hope they're still thinking about it later. Like, the way I'm still thinking about that Ruth Ware book I read the other day, you know. Um, just thinking about these questions of identity and um, there is going to be a second book. So hopefully <laughs> they'll be thinking about it enough to still want to buy the, the second book. Um, but yeah, just really, yeah, kind of pondering those big questions about um, ourselves and, 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 the, and the, the parts of the book about, you know, tolerance and acceptance and, and those themes, I think... Um, hopefully sort of stay with with readers. That's awesome. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining thank us today. Thank you so much, Adam. This was a blast. Yeah. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.